This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew from NBC Sports Edge. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, September 10th, and today we're going to be looking at key fantasy questions from the Atlantic Division 5 key questions specifically we'll talk our expectations for kevin durant kyrie irving kemba walker and others coming up as we get going in just a second deets and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Now, saying hello to everyone listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. You just had a thrilling internet hiccup there if you are watching live on YouTube. I'm joined by Ryan Knauss, Raphael Johnson. First of all, guys, I can explain what happened there. See, I hardwire the computer normally to avoid Wi-Fi snafus. And I did that today, but you got to turn off the Wi-Fi to get it to recognize the old hardwire. This is fascinating stuff, right? This is why you tune in. Round ball stew, technical, technical talk. Amateurish tech technical tips. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I think we're I think we're all smooth now. Before we get into fantasy talk, on Thursday night, fantasy basketball talk, I should say, we saw the NFL opener, guys. The Bucks beat the Cowboys 31-29. Ryan, for some reason I have an impression that you live in a fantasy football free universe. Am I right about that? Uh, you are. You are correct. I am That's fascinating not, to not me. the person so you, to turn to for fantasy football no, advice of any stripe. I know, but it's. I, I think you must be in a very... I, I don't think there are a lot of people out there who play fantasy basketball but don't play fantasy football, I would guess. You should be studied in a lab. Given my experience, there's there tends to be a huge amount of overlap between the sports. All of my colleagues play fantasy football, and I have played it in the past, but... Uh, my my interest in that sport has has waned, and my time. What, what, what what's the point? I don't, I don't play either. What? <laughs> there we go. This doesn't interest me. Like I used to play a lot when I was younger, but no, wow. it, it's all basketball. Like obviously, because I do college football work too, I'll do a little bit of that. 
on the weekends. But yeah, that's no man. Fantasy football drafts fall right during the time when we're ramping up hardcore for the basketball draft guide. So it's just that you know I can't be distracted with two sets of rankings in my head, Matt. I gotta focus on hoops. You gotta do it all, man. So. While I was while I was dialed into that uh, Bucks Cowboys game, you guys were like watching some other programming. I was watching Lionel Messi become South America's all time leading goal scorer. That's what I was doing. Nice. Okay. Let's, let's move on. All right. <laughs> okay, let's move on. It's a good. Fortunately, this is a fantasy basketball podcast. Actually, so good news there for everyone. These two are very take their fantasy hoops very <laughs> seriously. And as I said, we have five key questions today we're going to go division by division over the next many weeks and uh hit some of the key fantasy questions therein so we start today with the atlantic division this was raf's suggestion i thought a very good one uh we start with the philadelphia 76ers and we have talked quite a bit of ben simmons and joel Embiid recently including Embiid on our tuesday episode from earlier this week we talked about his adp so check that out if you missed it with that in mind with the sixers i thought we could focus on a guy we haven't talked about as much at all tobias harris who Last year was a top 30 fantasy option in nine category leagues, but it's an interesting stat line because it's one of those that is good everywhere, but not great anywhere. So you're talking nearly 20 points, seven boards, three and a half dimes, 0.9 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.3 threes, great percentages, low turnovers. This all sounds good, but I guess my question is when you take all of that into account, is Tobias Harris worth it at his early round ADP? On average, he's going 426 in early Yahoo drafts, some of the guys he's going ahead of right now, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, John Collins, De'Aaron Fox, just to name a few. Raph, are you in on Tobias Harris this early in drafts? I'm definitely in on Tobias Harris. I think something that fantasy managers need to keep in mind, he's played the best basketball of his career when Doc Rivers was his head coach. You think back to when he was with the Clippers before they traded him to Philadelphia. He was on track to be an all-star that season uh, in terms of his numbers across the board. So you, know, you think about that. You think about last, you know, last season in Philadelphia. I'm def- I think 42. That may be a bit conservative for me. Uh, I'm taking him in the 30s if I have a pick in the 30s personally, just because of everything that he brings to the table. And he's an efficient player. And I think those guys are are like gold in fantasy basketball, where you don't have to worry about percentages at all with a player like that. Uh, I'm fully on board. I, I endorse what Raf said and. I go even further. I mean, I think he's he's being undervalued at four, almost 43 ADP in Yahoo. Uh, this is a guy, as Raf said, the efficiency is fantastic. I mean, he barely missed shooting splits of 50, 40, 90 last year. Barely. Uh, over 51% from the field. Career high, 21.6 points. Career best, 51% shooting. Uh, tied his career high in steals. Second best blocks ever at 0.9 per game. Career high, 3.9 dimes. He's coming off a fantastic season. He's also incredibly durable. He's missed 18 games total in his past six NBA seasons. So you factor that in. He's not going to hurt you in any category. Also doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, even better in nine cap. And he just doesn't miss games. So, for instance, per game statistically uh, for the NBC Sports draft guide that just rolled out, that is live, you can go get it. I have him projected on a per game basis at number 41 overall. But when you go cumulative, because I have him projected to play 77 games, he jumps all the way up to number 24. And that's an 8-cat. So if you look at 9-cat with low turnovers, he's probably even higher. So my faith in his durability and, as Raf pointed out, his overall efficiency, uh, I think it's a, a no-brainer. 
77 games is such a weird number to think about after <laughs> the last couple of years. Wow, 77. <laughs> Man, that's wild stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're risk-averse, I think Tobias Harris is an absolute dream for your fantasy squad. I think my only knock on him is kind of what I said, where, you know, he's never going to be a guy. He's not going to, you know, get you those five steal games. He's not going to get like four blocks in a game. He's not going to have a lot of games where he hits like six threes and stuff like that. He's not going to have, he'll occasionally have a stat line that's really eye catching, but for for the most part, it's just quiet excellence and consistency. So I think you just build your roster accordingly and maybe pair him with some guys who have more boom potential, especially in a head-to-head league. Right. I think that's an issue if he's your, you know, number two pick or something. You're looking for those players who can carry you in multiple categories. But I think where you'd be drafting him, round three, round four even, it sounds like, um, that that doesn't hurt you as much, that that aspect of his game that you're talking about, where he's not a category winner necessarily. I was going to add, he's a very good fantasy player. He just isn't a cornerstone fantasy player, to Ryan's point. Right. All right, we move now to the Nets where the games played for their big three went as follows last season. Kyrie Irving, 54. James Harden, 44. Kevin Durant, 35. All of these guys are first-round fantasy options when they play, and Durant and Harden are going to be first-round fantasy picks this fall. Uh, Narrowing this down, though, to Irving and Durant, because I think we're a little bit less worried about Harden's durability being an issue. I certainly am. Tell me if you guys disagree there. But looking at Irving and Durant, KD and Kyrie, when it comes to durability, if you had to bet, you're being forced to bet on 65 or more games played from one of these guys, which do you take, Ryan? I will take Kevin Durant. Uh, are, are we moving right on to okay. Raph, or do you want to hear my justification now? No, I want to I want to hear your reasoning, and then I want to hear Raph's answer. Sure. Uh, well, I think for one thing, it narrows down the concern to just health, whereas, you know, Kyrie has had health concerns also, but he also had, you know potentially will just leave in January for a week and a half to attend his second cousin's bar mitzvah or something. So you take away that sort of off-court, like, will, like does he enjoy this game? Why is he playing sort of aspect, um, which I never enjoy with Kyrie. Also, KD was a stud. I mean, yes, we saw him as a ton of games last year coming off the Achilles and, you know, major surgeries, but he was an absolute stud in the playoffs. He was great in the Olympics. He looks fully healthy. He'll have had months of rest. The Nets, you know, will they manage him occasionally? Sure. Uh, But that's going to happen regardless. And just gives me less concern than Kyrie, who throughout his career hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think for this year, I'm actually going to go Kyrie. Um... And I think the reason why is that Kevin's had a longer year than Kyrie. Um, even though he played in fewer games, he played in the Olympics, um, looked outstanding and leading them to a gold medal. But when you think about the Achilles, even though he's now healthy enough to play in the Olympics and take on that workload, I think the Nets, there's a better chance of the Nets kind of managing his workload early in terms of games played, as opposed to Kyrie, who's coming off a comparatively empty summer, I guess you would say, in terms of being able to get back to full strength and just work on his game as opposed to having to rehab and all that. So my my mind actually says to go with KD, but I think for the sake of argument and the Olympic factor, I'm going to go with Kyrie here. And the factor of in the playoffs, even before the Olympics, Kevin Durant was an absolute Iron Man. There were I think multiple games in there where he played every single minute, I believe, maybe even one of them an overtime game. Am I remembering that correctly? Just monstrous, heroic playoff efforts for KD where he's doing everything. And then you stack on top of that, the Olympics, that, that factor is a little scary. And 
I do think for a guy who's going in the first round of fantasy drafts and is likely to continue to do so, I don't think I'm going to end up with many Kevin Durant teams. I think I'm going to be a little jealous of the teams that have him when he's on the court, but I think just that risk factor is going to is going to keep me away. Whereas I I can probably talk myself into Kyrie Irving if he's in the second round because on a per game basis, he was the third best player in nine category leagues last year. I think you make a good point there where Kyrie, you're going to be probably making that decision in the second round. Durant, you're making it in the first round. And that's a huge right. difference when you're thinking about uh, one of my top two players who's going to miss potentially a chunk of games. If it's your second player, you know, maybe not as impactful. Right. And and we were saying the same thing on Tuesday about how we feel about Joel Embiid. If you could somehow get him early in the second round, now you're talking, but that's not really a realistic thing to have happen because his ADP last we checked was eighth overall, eighth on average. All right. Next up, Raph, your squad, the New York Knicks, made a couple of notable veteran additions this offseason. Look at Raph. He's just brimming with pride. I, I mentioned the Knicks and he just starts smiling. Uh, one of those additions being 31-year-old Kemba Walker, who projects as their starting point guard, but played in just 43 games last season, continues to deal with those chronic knee issues that we all know about. So there's absolutely some of that concern being baked into Kemba's ADP. He's currently at 86.4 on Yahoo. I mean, I don't think any of us can remember Kemba Walker going this late in drafts for a long time. Uh, this is your team we're talking about here, Raf. So we'll start with you. Does Kemba have a shot to make that ADP look silly? I think he does, but this isn't a you know you talk about the knee issues. This isn't a situation where he's just coming off of an injury and it's just a basic straightforward rehab. Like he's had this issue since he was in college, and that's a decade now. You know, so that's that's really concerning. I, I think in terms of his numbers, he can do it in terms of averages. But the question is, how many minutes per game is he going to be playing? because of the knee issues, because of the re-signing of Derrick Rose. You've got Emmanuel quickly as well, who I, I think they're going to want to expand his role some um, after what he was able to do. I know summer league isn't a direct, you know, correlation to the regular season, but the ball was in his hands a lot more. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that in the regular season. And you've got Alec Burks too, who's another guy who can make some plays with the ball in his hands. So, I think I wouldn't say that there, there's no shot of Kemba making that ADP look silly, but it makes sense when you consider all the factors at play here. Right. And I mean, it's just his health, right? And we know that now that he had stem cell injections prior to last season, which apparently suggests that he has a chronic arthritic condition, which will probably plague him for the rest of his career. Those aren't words, terms that you want to hear associated with uh you know, any elite athlete, let alone someone you're drafting to be on your fantasy team. Yeah, I want to say I want to say Todd Gurley, but you guys don't play fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, so. we've heard of Todd Gurley. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Is he still on the Rams? On, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's at home with a, he's at home with an arthritic knee waiting to be signed. Anyways, carry on. So, yeah, I mean, Kemba has a path to be like, he's not even going to be offensive option 1A like those those days are over, maybe 2A with the Knicks if RJ Barrett doesn't take another leap. But the point is, 
you know, he's filling a role at this point. And they may manage his minutes similar to something we saw with Derrick Rose, like two guys who just are not going to play a ton of minutes. I think 30, 32 per game is probably the absolute ceiling for Kemba. So you might as well not look at his per 36 production. You're going to have to give him a discount for games played, given this chronic knee condition that he's been managing. And we saw, you know, the Celtics did everything they could. We, I mentioned the stem cell. They rested him for a long chunk to begin the season, still came back and wasn't quite himself. We never really saw him put it together for a long stretch. So without having seen that, I mean, another year goes by. He's not getting any younger. So I am not optimistic. I do think, and we've talked about this before, it's been a little while now, but it's such a fascinating marriage between Kemba and Tibbs, just given that Kemba is a guy who has this chronic knee condition and Tibbs is a guy who just absolutely loves running his key guys into the ground. So I think it's going to be really fascinating. How do the Knicks handle Kemba? I would almost hope that they manage his games and not his minutes. I mean, what the nights he's playing, let Tibbs do what Tibbs does and play him like 38 minutes and then just give him a game off. I, I think would almost be the best case scenario for fantasy managers rather than doing this dance of, oh, well, we're going to limit Kemba to 28 minutes. And then we know he's going to miss games anyways, right? So you're drafting him at 86 if you're taking him you're expecting him to miss 15 games at bare minimum, right? What you just said is the reason why I will not draft him and do not think he's going to beat his ADP because you're baking into it. The best case scenario is them intentionally resting him for double-digit games. He definitely can't be. I don't even know if he can be your second point guard on a competitive fantasy roster just because of the the games he's probably going to miss. And, And like I was saying earlier, I don't think he's going to hit 30 minutes per game. Um, because of the options that they have. And as much as we like to joke about Tibbs running his guys into the ground, I know there is some prior evidence of this. I don't think he's going to be foolish enough to do that with Kemba Walker when he's got a personal favorite in Derrick Rose that he can call on right there. Right. Sounds like we all collectively have talked ourselves out of Kemba. Not that we, I don't even know if we needed to be talked out of him, but it sounds like we all are going to let someone else take him in the 80s. Which is weird, too, because we, we we talked about him for so many years as like an Iron Man. He played 79-plus games in four consecutive seasons prior to the past two. So it's been a, a steep decline in our estimation, but can't look past the fact that his knee is falling apart. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. 
Okay, we have two more teams to hit, and we go now to Kemba Walker's former team, the Boston Celtics, where the focus is today Jalen Brown. He emerged as a top 40 fantasy player last season, put up an excellent 24.7 points, six boards per game, nearly three and a half dimes, 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.83 pointers, good field goal percentage, decent enough free throw percentage. Ryan, he's approaching his 25th birthday. Do you look at this for Jalen Brown and say, I mean, again, 25 points per game. I mean, was this the peak for this guy statistically, or does Jalen Brown potentially have another gear? Well, I think he has another gear. Sure. Why not? I mean, he jumped, as you, what was it, 24 point something points last game, jumped over four points per game from the year prior. Um, his dimes went up from 2.1 to 3.4. And now, you know, Marcus Smart running the show as their ostensible point guard. They do have Dennis Schroeder, but I think more ball handling is going to fall to Tatum and Brown just by default. So he could even improve on those three and a half times from last year. Uh, he can rebound the ball. His steals and blocks were both at career high levels last year. So there's some defensive upside. Maybe he gets to one and a half steals and becomes a real like, you know, fantasy game changer in that category. Uh, so the only thing that stands out to me in a negative sense is that his game played total dipped the past two years. But at 57 and 58, it looks worse than it is because there were only 72 game seasons. Plus, nothing really seems chronic. He did have the shoulder injury. I believe it was bursitis, maybe. Um, but doesn't strike me as a sort of chronic injury problem that you really need to discount on draft day. So, yeah, I'm looking for him to not only match what he did last year, but potentially take it to another level. I agree with that because you, you remove Kemba Walker. Like, although we really don't know what Ime Odoka is going to do strategically as a new head coach, you got one less guy who, quite frankly, you know, they had too many guys who like to dance with the ball and go one-on-one last season. I think that was the biggest issue for the Celtics. While they still did have two fantasy studs in Brown and Tatum, that really bogged them down. Um, now you remove Kemba Walker, you know, Smart isn't that type of point guard to where he's going to monopolize the ball for 16, 18 seconds and shoot. I think Tatum's got another gear, and I think he's going to really do that. And, and as Ryan mentioned, the assists is the area that I'm looking at for that reason. He should have the ball in his hands even more. Um I'm trying to figure out where exactly I would take him. I don't know if I would go as high as the second round, but if someone wanted to do that. Yeah, I'm trying to look up his ADP. I'm trying to look up his ADP right now as we speak. While you look that up, I'll say that I have him projected uh, with 70 games and and the stats that I projected him at. Again, you can see all of the whole league, basically, uh, I have projected in the draft guide. Uh, I have him at 29 overall with those projected games played. So that's that's roughly where I see him, like a late second round, early third round kind of kind of guy. I did a mock with Jared Johnson and some other people uh, that he was doing for the draft guide. Uh, I can just reveal to you though that uh, Jalen Brown went 43rd in that draft. Yeah, that's way too low. I feel like I must have missed him. I was in that draft, and I must have let him let him slide. I don't know who I got ahead of him, but I hope they were good. What were you thinking, Ryan? <laughs> if you have like a pick close to the end of the second round, you might be best served grabbing him then, because he may not be available when you come back around the third. I'll say that much. Yeah, I think I'd feel real good about things if I was getting him in the early third round. That's just my early estimate. And Ryan, by the way, in that draft... He went one pick before me. I took Clint Capella at 44, and then you took Brandon Ingram at 45. 
no doubt devastated that I took Capella. I would have taken Jalen Brown, put it that way. I might have. I was pretty laser focused on Capella at that point, though. One one final note on Jalen Brown is who, I mean, the Celtics still have no wing depth. That was a big problem for them last year. Part of the reason they traded for Evan Fournier, well, he's gone now. Yes, Aaron Neesmith will step up and, I mean, they brought in Juancho Hernan Gomez, but what depth do they have at that position? I mean, Schroeder might have to play you know, play up a little bit in certain lineups just to make things fit. So I think Jalen, you know, in that respect, will also just have a massive workload. You can also see Peyton Pritchard swallow up some of those minutes, too, mm. and maybe drop Smart down to the two for a few minutes. Um, they seem to really like Pritchard. He played well in Vegas. Um, he played well, He played well enough to earn a rotation spot during the regular season last year. So I think if anything, you know, you look at Pritchard, you look at Neesmith, you mentioned Schroeder as well. I think that that combination could help with some of the minutes and maybe push Smart down to the two, if anything. The one other note on Brown that I don't know if we mentioned yet or not. Did you guys mention his wrist surgery already? No, no, that's a good, good call. He had l- left wrist surgery, non-shooting, not on his shooting hand. So, and I think the timetable put would put him well uh, ready well in advance of training camp. So presumably nothing to worry about there, but just another thing to monitor as we get ourselves excited about Jalen Brown. Good call. Okay. Our last question centers around the last place, Toronto Raptors, where Pascal Siakam was, I would say, good but not great last season. He was 59th overall in nine category leagues. Uh, his counting stats look just fine, really. 21.5 points, seven boards, four and a half assists. 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks, 1.33s. He shot 45.5% from the field, I think, which is a kind of a low number for him. He's also coming off shoulder surgery that looks likely to keep him out into November at least. That's obviously a big deal here and a big consideration. But, Raf, would you draft Siakam at or near his ADP of 65.3, knowing everything that we know? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I think, if anything, that would, for me personally, that would make me consider more taking a gamble on, say, an OG Ananobi at that point, or in the later round, Scotty Barnes, their first-round pick. I think I probably need to go into the draft guide and make some adjustments there in terms of the rookies. But, you know, Barnes is a guy that he played on the ball at Florida State, sixth man of the year in the ACC. But he's a long wing that can fill multiple roles on the perimeter. You're talking about maybe two, three, or even the four at times, depending on the lineup. So I think if anything, I would consider more Ananobi and Barnes later, Barnes later, obviously, but I would not touch Siakam at that ADP. That That is wildly off track, in my opinion. I think a lot of people making those picks don't remember the shoulder surgery. Yes. So uh, this is where I have to cons- admit that I was one of those people making that pick uh, <laughs> in that in that aforementioned mock draft, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took him, in fact, in round five. Now, this is one I'm glad to have gotten out of the way, sort of learned my lesson, because in retrospect, I wouldn't have taken him there. Uh, the shoulder su- surgery scares me off the addition of Scotty Barnes and the fact that there's no guarantee he's even going to stay on the Raptors roster. Therefore, if he's moved, where does he go? If he's going to a win-now type team, let's say the Warriors pull off a trade for him, suddenly he's looking at a much different role with reduced usage, that type of thing. So he's not the top 40 per game guy that we've seen in past years in that scenario. Um, 
you know, that enough, or that alone is enough reason to sort of shy away from him, unless he slides, but I don't think he's going to, because as, as we've said, we've seen him put up early round value for stretches in the past. Uh, probably not the year to go chasing that value. Just trying to get a little more clarity. Where, how far, you said slide, how far would that have to be? I mean, are we talking about if he gets into the 80s, then suddenly you're, you're a little more intrigued? I would for sure. I mean, I, I think the risk reward there sort of pays out nicely. Um, you know, DMP risk, yes, and then maybe his role changing a little bit. But if you start to get to 75 and beyond, I think just the potential and his versatility usually qualifies at multiple positions in Yahoo, I know for sure. Yeah, that, that takes the sting out of the, the risk a little bit. I mean, surely, Raph, you'd rather gamble on Siakam than Kemba Walker. And that might be a silly point to make since their ADPs are like 20 apart right now. But in a case where we start to see Siakam fall for some reason and that ADP creeps a little closer to Kemba, I think if you're going to gamble on either guy, I don't think I am going to, but it would definitely be Siakam. Oh, I agree. You have a better chance of getting production defensively from Siakam as well as a rebound as a rebounder. Um, and you think about you know the, the range that Ryan mentioned, like 75 or so. At that point, you should have already taken your first choice small forward slash power forward, I think. So you can kind of afford to take a gamble on him there. But if he fell asleep at the wheel and didn't do anything, you may have to let him go just because of the potential of missing games once he returns. Quickly, Raph, I want to get your thoughts on Scotty Barnes since that name came up. Ryan and I have talked about him before. You know, his college stats are nothing that will blow you away at all. And in fact, kind of reminiscent of Pat Williams's stats at Florida State, two Florida State guys uh, who were high NBA draft both number four picks in the NBA. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. So can you make the case for Scotty Barnes uh, being a, a good stats guy in the NBA? I mean, I think that people, you know, it's clear why NBA teams coveted him, right? Like a big switchable defender who has some passing ability, a questionable jump shot though. Like what's his statistical? I mean, I think he averaged like a steal and a half and half a block in college uh, last year. So I guess can you make the case for him being like an intriguing assist steals blocks guy or something like that? What what is what is his best outcome this year? Definitely, I don't. I w- I certainly wouldn't put him in the class of say like a Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, or, or even a Jalen Suggs when you're talking about the top rookies. But I could see him working his way into that second tier depending upon what happens with Siakam. Like if it ends up being just five months. You know, Barnes' value would probably take a hit, but if they have to take more time or they decide to be a bit more conservative with Siakam's playing time, I think Barnes could definitely end up being a bargain for a lot of managers out there. And for me personally, I'm, I look at Florida State guys a lot like I look at Virginia guys, where the numbers in college can be a bit deceiving, where we may read a little too much into them. Like in the case of Florida State, they play mm-hmm. 10-11 guys. So you're not really going to have many opportunities, you know, to stock to stock up those numbers that that are really, you know, jump off the page, so to speak. So I think that's something I would I would tell any manager that may be a bit hesitant on drafting Scotty Barnes when he comes up. I think he's a late round guy in most fantasy leagues still, but the potential is there for him to develop into a guy who ends up being a steal as a rookie. It's interesting. You're you're slowly talking me into him, Raf, because I've been, you know, shying away. I see the 62% free throw shooting, uh, only 27% from deep. So you're like, all right. And then even his coach is saying, well, basically, we're going to teach him how mm-hmm. to shoot and improve improve his jumper. 
But the potential is there. I mean, he had four boards, over four assists, and a steal and a half per game of Florida State in under 25 minutes per game. So that type of like per minute pop is very intriguing. Uh, and I mean, I may need to consult the videotape and reassess what he can do this year, especially as we mentioned, if Siakam is not a guarantee to stick around the roster. Well, and that's the other thing to like about Barnes. The, the case for him as a late round fantasy pick is we think Siakam's out at the beginning of the season. So that gives Barnes potentially right at the start of the season a chance to have a significant role. And he's the number four pick. If he's playing well, they're not just going to you know bury him in the rotation once Siakam's back, you wouldn't you wouldn't think so he kind of has a chance to basically take off as opposed to this team's at full strength he's the seventh man to start the season he's got to you know find his minutes he may be a significant part of this rotation right away given Siakam's status yeah and I, I love that last year we saw Toronto just straight up tank down the stretch so we know we know where their mindset is right they're, they're like we're building for the next iteration for that next championship team not trying to reclaim our past glory so therefore young guys like scotty barnes i mean they're going to hand the reins to fred van vliet we know that um og and Anobi, right. of course as raf said is a very intriguing prospect and could also take another big leap this year so all right i you know what just in the course of this conversation i gotta make a note to bump up scotty barnes on my boards we've accomplished something here i also think raf this team having lost kyle lowry you can see how they stink again I mean, I, nothing, I love Fred Van Vliet. I like some of their other guys. Like, I like Siakam. I like Ananobi. But it's easy to see them falling out of the playoff picture. Definitely. I think at minimum, they should be a part of that play-in tournament conversation. But as we've seen, you know, right. down the stretch, that can, really, that can really fluctuate from game to game. So I don't know if they'll flat-out tank as they did last year. But, right. you know, they – they may look to get some of their younger guys even more playing time if they find themselves in a tricky situation down the stretch. Okay, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well if you would. We'll be back here on Monday. And in the meantime, I want to say thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live with us on YouTube. Ryan, Raf, thanks to you guys. I'll see you next week. Thanks, man. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.